Welcome to the premiere episode of the Carl Sandburg College Podcast. I'm Bill Gaither from the Marketing and Public Relations Department. Today, I'm joined by Autumn Scott, who came to Sandburg in 2010 as the director of the TRIO Student Services Program. She most recently earned the title of Associate Vice President of Academic and Student Planning. Every role that Autumn has served in works to directly support students. So today, we're going to learn more about her and explore how the college is continually addressing the needs of our students. Autumn, thank you for joining me today. Oh, so glad to be here. So as we're recording this, we're in week six right now. And just very openly, how are things going here at the college? Things are going great. Um, It is so lovely to have students on campus and walking the halls and participating in all of our student life events. Um, And classes are going well. So um, we're off to a great start. And we're two weeks away from midterms. So if you're listening, get ready. Get ready. Yeah, they're coming. The tutoring center is available. One of many resources we have here that we'll come and talk to in a little bit. Yes, and they've been busy already this semester, which is a good sign, actually, because we want students to start out building those relationships, finding their favorite tutor, you know, learning who they're comfortable working with so that when midterms hit, it's not a mad dash to try to connect with someone and get some help. So it's, it's a good thing. So one of the first things I wanted to do here was just to kind of say, just you, you, you and I started in 2010. We both started at the same time, and every role that you've had here has been directly in some sort of a, of a has directly been in a position to support students. So talk to me a little bit about some of the roles that you've had here, and and then just what what those do to help uh, keep students going here. Well, I have had the most amazing opportunities at Sandberg. Um, so I started my career as the director of Trio Student Support Services. And that is our grant for students who are first-generation, low-income. It's a federally funded grant program. And in that role, I was able to work with so many students directly, which was um, the the most fun part of all of it. Um, My staff and I really had an opportunity to get to know students really well, mentor them through the process of coming to Sandburg, being successful here, and then transferring on to a four-year school. Um, And now in my new role, I get to work with lots and lots of different student services departments on campus, which is a joy. Um, I have an amazing team that I work with every single day. And so although I don't get to see students um, directly as often as I used to, I kind of get to indirectly experience those those wins and those triumphs um, when I work with my staff. Um, and I do sneak out of my office sometimes and I go down to student life events and I get to, to hang out with people and, and learn a little bit more about how students are doing, um, which is, again, a favorite part of my job. Um, but in my current role, I get to work with... Um, Still, all of our TRIO programs, we have three TRIO programs. I get to work with tutoring and disability support and the testing center. I also um, will get to work with student life. Um, That's kind of a new addition to my team, so I'm excited about that. Um, I also get to work with admission and records, so that's the registrar's office, advising and counseling. Um, And so those are kind of the the main areas um, that I get to work with every every day. And um, we're able to impact a lot of students through those support services. That's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of things that you do and there's a lot of things that your team does. Why has this been so important for, for the different roles that you've had? Everything has still been in that support part of helping the students and in particular, especially once they're here and, and, and enrolled and on their journey to, toward graduation and next steps. Why has that been so important to you to continue on that kind of a track? Well, honestly, um, when I started my career, before I started my career, I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I was, I was very involved in college, and um, I was a, I was an English major, and I knew I didn't want to teach, um, not because teaching isn't amazing, but I 
just not me. It's not who I was um, or am. And I also knew that um, I I wanted to impact people, but I just wasn't sure how I was how I was going to accomplish that. And so I was sitting in my advisor's office at the time, and it was my senior year of college, and I did not know what was going to happen next. And she said, well, why don't you do what I do? And I said, I didn't think that was a real job. Um, it just hadn't ever occurred to me. And so I, you know, I started to explore what that meant and how I would go into student affairs. And, and that really opened up a whole new world for me. And, and it was a beautiful way that it kind of unfolded because I, I am a first-generation college graduate. I, I was a low-income student, you know, growing up. And so, you know, I remember very early on, I was in fourth grade, and I was sitting in the classroom, and I, she must have been a, maybe a student teacher, just someone from, you know, our local community college came in, and she did a presentation on something. I can't even remember what the presentation was at this point. But I remember seeing her come in and present, and I thought, I'm going to do something like that someday, like that, I'm going to do that, I'm going to go to college. Had not a slight clue of how that was going to happen, um, and even as I, you know, went through my my K through 12 years, um, really didn't know what the heck I was doing, you know, to try to get to college, but I encountered a lot of folks along the way who helped me, and even once I got into college, I was lucky enough to um, just intersect with people who mentored me and guided me, um, and and here I am because of those people. And so I know how education has changed my life. I know how it has changed the course of my my family's life and the, and the trajectory that my family will take for years to come because I had the opportunity to be educated and to pursue something that I was passionate about. And I want others to have that opportunity too. You know, I want the people that come to Carl Sandburg College to have that life-changing experience that I had so that they can go out and do something in the world that they are excited about and that they can impact people and, and change their families. Um, course as well. So for our listeners, we were talking before we started recording today about a couple of different terms just to throw in here so people understand. Most people are probably familiar with the idea of recruitment that you you see literature, you see social media, you see a lot of things that encourage you to enroll and come to the college. But another word that we want to introduce here would be retention. And, and this is something that has to do with once the students begin here and there's breakdowns of this, but ultimately this is the support structures and everything that's in place to help the students from once they're here toward graduation and going on toward those next goals. Again, there's a lot that we can unpack with that, but ultimately we're going to stick with that one word. And so, um, so back to you on this, like, what would you say in, in your definition, what would you say is retention? And then we'll kind of dive into maybe some of the ways that those support structures are in place. Sure. So, the very formal definition, like you said, we can break it down a lot of different ways um, as far as re how retention is viewed in higher education. The simplest way to look at it is if a student starts out in the fall semester, they are successful and come back for the next fall semester and they re-enroll unless they're graduating. Or if they start out in a spring semester, they come back the next spring semester and they re-enroll. So it's year to year coming back and, and continuing to pursue the program of study that you're in. So that's the most basic definition of retention. Um, sometimes, though, when we think about it from a support perspective, retention is literally 
you showed up today and you're going to show up tomorrow. You know, if we're working through those, those obstacles that sometimes a student is facing, um, you know, then we just keep putting one foot in front of the other and we address things as they come up. And then we, you know, when we get stability at a certain point where we've addressed some obstacles, then we kind of look a little further down the road and go, okay, great. So we made it through this week. Let's talk about next month. And now let's talk about next year. So, you know, we continue to, to get things, um, support resources in order so that a student can then look from fall to fall, spring to spring, year to year so that they can achieve their goal. So one of those support structures we mentioned already was tutoring and that the Sandberg has tutoring available. We also have BrainFuse, which is 24-7 online tutoring services that are available. The needs of the students are, would you say that they're, we'll just ask the question, what do, would you say the needs of the students are sometimes that maybe we have more recently shown a light on in recent years? So I think what's interesting is that People are people, and um, especially at a community college level, um, students come to us with from all walks of life and all life experiences. And so um, the, the various obstacles and issues that a student might come to us with um, have always been there. There's, there's always been student need. I think more recently, we really started to shine a light on what those needs are. And I think that at Sandberg, we are more than ever um, understanding that if we want to impact a student's success, we have to address the whole person's needs. A student might come to us for education, but they come to us as a whole person with a family and with work and with um, maybe financial concerns, transportation concerns, housing, food security um, those things don't leave them when they walk through our doors. And so if we are going to help them be successful in their academic pursuits, then we have to support the whole person and everything that they may be dealing with. Because um, if you're stressed out from dealing with other life circumstances, then very quickly education falls to the back burner because you're trying to deal with basic needs. And so in the last few years, we have really, as an institution, tried to support those basic needs so that a student can focus on those higher education pursuits. And so one of those immediate things, and I don't have the, the numbers sitting in front of me, but statistically one in five college students have food insecurity, that they're, they're struggling. It's, it's, it's hard to study when you're hungry. It's hard to do anything when you're hungry. Yeah. And so um, one of the responses from the college is to have a, a resource room and campus food pantry. And while we've had that for a few short years, that has actually recently moved to a new location on campus. And B3, that room doubled maybe almost tripled in size. And we have a food pantry at our Carthage campus as well that will be moving. And having been there recently, that room is tripling in size. It will be massive. And while that's impressive that this is a great resource, it just also goes and shows that that's just one of many things that the students are kind of dealing with. Absolutely. And, you know, as great as the resource room is, um, you know, Jenny, who does a fabulous job managing the resource room and making sure that we have lots of good um, shelf-stable items in there, but also um, lots of fresh food, too. Um, you know, we have some good partnerships that make that happen. Um, one of those is with Riverbend Food Bank. We're so thankful for that opportunity to partner. But anyway, because because we know that the, the demand continues to present itself and maybe even increase, um, we do have hopes of even making the resource room 
a more robust service than it is. Um, obviously, right now, the resource room is location-based. So you've got to get yourself out to a campus, and you've got to you know pick up what you need, and then you've got, you've got to get it home. Um, Jenny and I have talked about some ways that we may be able to put the resource room on wheels and make it a little bit more accessible, even for our students that really can't come out to campus. Maybe they're um, place-bound, maybe they're online students, maybe their schedule is just not conducive for them to be able to make it out to a campus location. So we're constantly trying to think about how we can be even more nimble and more responsive to what students' needs are, because as you said, when you're hungry, you're not doing math. Um, you're, you're not writing a paper because you, you literally cannot. I mean, your brain is focused on other, other needs. So we need to do what we can to support those basic needs, those, um, those primary needs, so that a student really does have the energy to, to put into their studies. Um, I would say some of the other needs, too, and the ones that in more recent years, not just by Sandberg, but just in general, more needs that we really, as a society, hadn't talked much about was mental health and mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. We've had a very big response in terms of a new uh, service that the college has offered. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, we did a, a study, I wouldn't say it was scientific, we did a survey um, of students when I was pretty new to my role that I have about mental health and how students were impacted by their mental health, um, whether or not it caused them to drop a class or with to withdraw completely. Um, and for the students that responded to the survey, we did find that over 10% indicated that they had um, issues with um, being successful in a class or dropping a class altogether because of their mental health. We also asked about access to medical care and, you know, similar results. You know, students said that they were, because of a lack of access to medical care, they were not able to be successful in their classes. And we knew that those results were only based on the people who replied to the survey. So if those folks who took the time to reply to the survey were having this issue, there are more students out there who are experiencing this. And, you know, we know that from regional and national data as well. Um, The last few years have been incredibly hard on people. And so we wanted to do what we we could do to support students' overall health. And so the college really went all in with Timely Care. Um, So Timely Care is a partnership that we have established with, um, you know, a company. It's called Timely MD, and they provide 24-7 virtual medical and mental health care for our students. Um, So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, um, a student can hop on to Timely Care and they can access free medical or mental health care um, it is at no cost to them, no co-pays, no insurance required. Um, and we actually just rolled that out to employees as well um, starting April 1st. So um, we're, we're about a year in on this, and we're really trying to spread the word to students and to employees too that, you know, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And so if you're not well, um, whether that's physical or your emotional health, um, it is okay to take a few minutes to, to get yourself to a good spot or to just even talk through symptoms with um, a professional who can listen and guide you appropriately. So um, we've, we've really seen some positive results. 
Um, we are, again, we're still trying to spread the word. I would love to have every single person who has an opportunity to just at least set up an account and see what it's like. There's, there's really nothing to lose. Um, but we, for those people who have used it, we have heard just really positive things about their experience. Um, the convenience of it, the um, ability to have an appointment from anywhere at any time. Um, it's really knocked down some walls, I think, for access for some of our students. And one of the things that's been most interesting to me in kind of the preliminary data that we see is that, um, you know, it is a HIPAA compliant system I never, ever know who has used the service or what they've used it for, but we do get some very, very basic demographic information on, okay, so, you know, this number of students have used it this month, or um, this many students who identify as male have used it, this many students who identify as female have used it, and what's been interesting is that um, more students who identify as male have been able to use the counseling feature, which is, I think a pretty big equity barrier um, that has we've seen in the past. You know, most, most men don't tend to walk through the doors of our counseling department to be seen by our counselor here on campus for whatever reason. I mean, we could dive into that in another episode, but um, it's, it's not common. I mean, men do come into the counseling center, but not at the same rate as our students who identify as, as female do. And so that has actually been really encouraging to me because it seems like maybe this could be an avenue where men feel more comfortable, you know, accessing help. Um, and so, you know, again, um, we're going to, we're going to continue to spread the word about timely care as a resource for students and, and employees, and hopefully more and more people give it a try to see what it can do for them. It's too bad that on podcasts, we can't see faces because I'm just sitting here smiling and feeling a sense of relief to hear that more men are using this. And, and I'm, um, without divulging too much, I'll just say that I am at an age where you were kind of encouraged to just, you know, you, you, you suck it up and, and tough it out and, and, and sometimes kind of put those things away a little bit. And so I'm, again, I am relieved to hear that and what a way to break through otherwise barriers that just couldn't be broken through originally. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's more services available that the college has, but I do, I want to bring it back and kind of generalize for a second here and, and kind of go back to both of our longevity with the roles you've had and with, um, and even for those listening, like my, one of the duties that I have here is photography and video work. And so I'm, I'm out around and capturing visuals and seeing the college. And so I've, I've been able to see a lot of things over 12 years. And one of the questions that we were kind of kicking around earlier was like, do we really feel the needs of the students have changed a lot in that time? Or is that just, do we just, are we more open to talking about some of these things and, and just, I would say, like, what do you, what would you say with that? Like, in terms of some of the, of the support structures we've put in place over the last few years, have have those needs always been there, or has that been more of something in recent years? So, I think the needs have always been there. I think we're doing a better job of paying attention, and I think we're doing a better job of taking some responsibility on again what we need to do to serve the whole student. Um, I I'm I'm proud of that. I'm also proud of um, what we still have yet to learn and that we're trying to learn. So, you know, one of the things that is a little bit different with our campus is that in the last several years, we have a much more diverse student population than we've had. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about that. You know, I think that we have a real opportunity to learn about how 
um, our community is richer and fuller and more robust and, and what we all bring to that community because of our differences. So I think that that college is doing a nice job of, of learning more about how we can address and support each other's needs because my needs based on my life experience and my circumstances and my background are not the same as yours. And so what can we do to honor those differences but also support each other? So that's an area of growth for the college. Um, again, I don't think student needs are, are terribly, terribly different than they ever were um, when you're talking about a big, broad strokes picture. Um, but I think at the more granular level, you know, understanding individual student needs, we're starting to get better at that. Um, and that's really where the magic happens. You know, that's where students become successful is those relationships. So, you know, I'll point out, some of the work that Anthony Law does with our men of distinction, women of character, um, Hispanic Latino Student Association, I mean, the list goes on. Um, Anthony has done incredible work with those organizations and with those students because he knows those students. He builds relationships with those students. Um, I can point to, you know, my advisors and my counselors and the, the most successful stories that come out of those advising relationships are because the advisors can take the time to know their students and understand them and work with them. Same thing with our TRIO programs. You know, we have, we're very lucky to have three strong TRIO programs, especially for a small institution. So we have TRIO Upward Bound, we have TRIO Upward Bound Math Science, and we have TRIO Student Support Services. Those programs work because they know their students. So not just, you know, names on a spreadsheet, not just demographics and data coming in, that's important, but they also sit down, the staff of those programs sit down with those students and they talk to them and they listen and they try to do whatever they can do to connect individual students with the support that they need that's tailored to what, what helps them. So um, again, I don't think the needs have changed, but I think that our approach is starting to change and it's getting, we're, we're getting better. We're learning more about how we can um, provide those one-on-one kind of mentorship relationships with students. We've really had a chance to celebrate our diversity, and, and again, in more recent years as well, too. I'm glad, I'm glad that you mentioned Anthony, um, a future guest that we'll have on this pod, and witnessing what some of those students have done as well in terms of going out and doing work and serving in the community, staying active and staying engaged, like learning that philanthropy can be more than just checking something on a resume to say that you did it once, you know, and really learning the service component of what it means to genuinely give back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they've done incredible work. And um, I know that it's a lot of, of work to put those events together um, and to be that face of the community consistently. And I'm so incredibly proud and in awe of the work that those students get out there and do because they're Frankly, they're very busy people. They have very busy lives. Um, they are, you know, managing sometimes their own families, their own work, their own academic pursuits, yet they continue to give of themselves because they see how important it is to bring our community together. And so they are just outstanding representatives of what Sandberg really is about. And so I, I'm constantly awed by their work and thankful for what they get out there and do bringing this episode home and this is again this is our first one and we've said that in the beginning we'll say it again so thank you for everything that you've done to support a new endeavor and a new initiative that we have here i wanted to go back to something that i saw this summer with uh, 
charge up new student orientations. And we're fortunate that when we have new students come here, they have a chance to meet campus leaders. And you were one of the individuals who came over and talked to them. And in the scope of a lot of places where you can redirect and point students to in, t in terms of, you know, this is who you need to contact or go here or go here, you really made it a point to let people know your you yourself, your door is open. Why was that important for you to, to let, let that be known? Well, so orientation is one of my favorite times of the year because everyone is just so excited to start a new year and it's all fresh and it's new. Um, but also I see the wide eyed looks on people's faces and I recognize that I, I was that person walking in and not knowing what the heck I was doing. And so I, I remember if I could just find one person, just one person, one friendly face that seemed like, okay, that person would be safe to go to if I didn't know what I was doing or if I didn't even know what questions to ask. If I just remembered that person, I, I would be okay. And I think that no matter who you are, when you're in a new situation, if you can just find one person. Um, so we have as I mentioned, incredible people here, people who really, truly care so very much about students being successful. So I'm confident that a student could walk up to any employee in the hallway and say, I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody needs to help me. And, and they would get the help that they needed. They would get connected. But I just wanted to drive the point home that you know, if they took nothing else away from orientation, because it's a whole lot of information and you pretty much walk away just, you know, needing to know like, okay, where are my classes and where do I park and where are the bathrooms? Like those are the basic things you want to know for day one. Um, but I wanted them to walk away with, you know, if, if I can at least remember one person and if I can be that person, then please come see me. You know, I, I want students to be able to make a connection because I think that if you can make a connection on that first day and just realize that there's at least one person who wants you to be successful and will help you, then you're all set. That's all you need, you know, and, and everything else can fall into place. So um, I certainly needed that person. I continue to need people like that when I'm in new situations. And so if I can be that person for someone else, then I'm, I'm happy to do it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for everything that you and your team is doing to support the students here genuinely. Well, the privilege is mine. Um, as I said, we have amazing students. We have amazing employees. And I get to show up every day and, and be witness to a lot of good work. So thank you for having me. Thank you once again to my guest, Autumn Scott, the Associate Vice President of Academic and Student Planning, for joining me today. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to this first episode. We look forward to this new and exciting opportunity to share the news and current happenings about Sandberg and ultimately to bring to you, simply put, real conversations from the people here making things happen. Thanks for catching this episode, and we'll see you next time.